This morning I have a singular assignment to bring God's word. I mentioned it last week that the Lord put in my heart to talk about we getting back to our first love. So I titled it Back to Our First Love. Somebody say Back to Our First Love. It means that by the time we are through with this message, you will personalize the message and, and say that I am back to my first love. That means we must find out what this first love is all about. Hallelujah. For some time now, as we meditated on what the Lord meant by this is the year of great awakening, the Lord put in my heart to share a message I titled The Father's Love. And then followed up with responding to the Father's love. And then last week, Sunday, our resident pastor, Reverend Joe Sutherland, brought a message to us titled, Three Knocks at the Door. Now, in his message last Sunday, he pointed out, I mean, out to us that there are three knocks at the door of three categories of people, or let me say two categories of people. First, to the sinner, God knocks at the door of the heart of the sinner for salvation. Somebody say for salvation. And then when the sinner is saved, he becomes a saint. But God doesn't leave the saint. He knocks at the door of the heart of the saint for communion. Somebody say for communion. And then when the saint is established in communion with God, God still goes a step further to knock at the heart of this same saint for stewardship. Someone say for stewardship. That is a summary of last Sunday's message and I realized that it was connected to what the Lord had asked me to bring today talking about back to our first love. And those of us who were at the Saturday prayer breakfast yesterday, I even asked that based on what I just summarized, based on last week's Sunday's message, what do you think then will be our first love if God says we should get back to our first love? I'm talking to saints. Unless you are not born again. If you are not born again, by the time we are through with today's message, I believe that you will also respond to the knock of God at the door of your heart so that you can respond. I mean, you receive salvation and become a saint. But I'm talking to saints. Am I right? Please, am I talking to saints this morning? Say, I am a saint. I know it's difficult for some people to say, I am a saint. But that's who we are because of Jesus Christ. A saint is one who is set apart, Mm. who is holy. He made us holy. Not because we did right, but because of his righteousness, we have been made holy. Hallelujah. Amen. So, can somebody answer the question? What do you think is our first love based on last Sunday's message if God is calling us to come back to our first love? Sorry. The first love is Jesus Christ. Our first love is Jesus Christ. Yes, he's the one knocking at our door. So he's, our first love is our last love because he's the first and the last. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Who wanted to talk about there, Mr. Watson? Okay. Hallelujah. Revelation 3, 19. 
Ghana. say, na to no, Yes, I'm Kenya, I did No, dry a walk who Christo Musia Bay with Uncle Pon Edmano. Yen Sam Fasa or Don Sam Rebu. A quiet to say, In where now, why you ran? Now, a cockroach show no one of France and one Samara. And he said, In be AC in some Okay, you quoted a scripture. I think that if you had stopped there, you would have gotten the answer. Because he quoted a scripture. He said, Revelation 3 19, right? Is that where he said? It says Revelation 3 20. 20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I will come in. The King James says, Sup with him. That is, dine with him and he with me. What does that suggest? Sup with somebody. To, to eat from the same bowl with somebody. To, to drink from the same cup with somebody. I am getting somewhere based on last Sunday's message what do you think is our first love he quoted a scripture but he still didn't give us the answer anybody please yes the gentleman there you were here for the first time last week right okay Julius, I... Julius. yes please. that's your name okay what's it what's what's our first love if we have to get back to our first love I think getting back to our first love is all about our belief and righteousness yes Mm, I'll give you two over 20 at least for making an attempt. Mark Ramoses wants to talk. Getting back to our first love, I'll say our fellowship and communion with God. Clap for this man. One day you become a lecturer. He has understanding. He has the gift of the spirit of understanding. I like it. Ramoses wants to give an answer because he, he will always use the right you know, where's for answering these questions. I like that. Someone say, getting back to our first love is all about fellowship or communion with God. The Greek word is koinonia. Now, I'm still on last Sunday's message from our resident pastor because he says, three knocks at the door. The knock at the door of the heart of the sinner is for salvation. So salvation brings you in into the kingdom. You become a member of the family. You become a saint. Unless you did not experience true salvation. Unless you are not born again. But anybody who truly encounters God through the gospel. You heard the gospel. You believe the gospel that Jesus Christ took your place became your substitute. He died for you. He even went to hell in your name. And after paying the price, he was justified and raised again from the dead. And he did all this on my behalf and your behalf. Once you believe this gospel and you get born again by confessing that Jesus is your Lord, there is something that happens to the heart of the one who is truly converted. What happens is that your affection is turned from worldly things to heavenly things. Are you there? If you were the type who used to love the world, you know Bible says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, I mean, I, that, is, that is not of God. So, one who is truly born again, and I'm talking to saints here, if you are truly born again, the first thing before you ever thought of serving God, 
before you ever thought of stewardship, being accountable to whatever God has entrusted into your care, is to love the Lord. Where you say, Father, I thank you for my salvation. Where you, you learn to say, I love you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Are you there? And that is the first love of every child of God. I'm going to show you a scripture very soon. Our first love is communion with God. Uh, Mr. Allah said, Jesus Christ is our first love. Yes, of course. Ultimately, our first love is communion with the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. So, our communion is with the Godhead. But more importantly, just for you to get what scripture tells us to do, he says that, come back to communion with me before you think about stewardship or you talk about service. Let me turn to Revelation 2. I'll show you the scripture. Revelation chapter 2. The book of Revelations chapter 2 and 3 actually address those two uh, chapters address seven churches that Jesus Christ gave a message to. And those seven churches actually represent the entire body of Christ. The various faces. Yes, these churches existed in the days of John the Revelator. But then they were also symbolic of who we are as a church. And every church including International Prayer Resort Ministries can find their roots and their identity in any one of these seven churches. Hallelujah. So maybe today we are starting with the first church. Who knows? A day will come when another church will be used to describe us. I pray that the best amongst the seven churches is actually the first one that we're going to read about. You take your time and read Revelation 2 and 3. You will discover that the best. When I say the best. There was no sin here. Sin as in, you know, uh, acts of commission. They omitted something. Which Jesus Christ referred to. But they were not into indecency. They were not into lustful living. They were not careless. They were actually astute about the things of God. And yet God still found something wrong. I pray that you open your heart. That if God says we should come back to our first love, you and I will remember the very first time you gave your heart, or let me say you invited Jesus into your heart, and remember the love that you had with him, how you love to be in his presence, how you love to stay in the closet, and not to stain yourself with sin. I pray that after today's message, we will truly come back to our first love. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 2, the verses 1 through 7. Let me read all that Jesus said about the church of Ephesus. He says to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? And the angel here has to do with the pastor. You there? An angel, the Greek word translated angel is messenger. So he was addressing the messenger, the one who was giving, for instance, if God is addressing IPR, he addresses the messenger of IPR ministries. And that is the man talking to you, understand? And says, I am talking to you so that you address the congregation, the angel, the messenger. Are you there? So it was not a celestial being he was addressing here. It was a human being. So to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. And the seven golden lampstands actually symbolize the church. So he walks in the midst of the church. Verse 2. I know your works. Your labor. Your patience. And that you cannot 
bear those who are evil. Are you seeing the kind of church we are dealing with here? They cannot bear with those who are evil. In other words, they are not evil themselves and they don't have tolerance for evil things. What a good church that church was. Hallelujah. I pray that the same will be said about IPR. God is a great commendation. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars. The Bible says test the spirits. The church of Ephesus had the grace, the discernment to test the spirits. And prove that this one, he says an apostle, but he's not. And they found them liars. That's a mature church. It's not everybody who has that ability. Many people swallow everything wholesale. So long as it is coming from a pulpit, they will just swallow it. If they say that, come and just drink your poo-poo and your wee-wee together, oh, they will swallow it because it is coming from somebody who is preaching. Are you there? But these ones could test and say that, hmm, this one is from God. This one is not from God. That was a mature church. I pray the same will be said about IPR ministries. Verse 3. And you have persevered. They didn't only have patience, they had perseverance. And you have persevered and have patience. Patience comes here again. And have labored. Labor comes here again. For my name's sake and have not become weary. Did you hear that? This was not a church that had become weary and had abandoned the faith. They were still on fire. They were still diligent in serving God. They were on fire. Verse 4, nevertheless, this is Jesus talking to you and me now. Because the church of Ephesus is no longer around, but we can be seen in this picture. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Verse 5. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. So God calls leaving your first love a fall. Somebody may be on fire, serving, patiently enduring, persevering, laboring, and yet in the sight of God, God says he's falling. Falling from what? From his first love. Remember therefore from where you are falling, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Do you know the lampstand here? I said it's the church. So God is saying that regardless of your labor, regardless of your patience, regardless of your perseverance, regardless of how you cannot tolerate those who say, I mean, who do evil, regardless of that, if you do not repent and do the first works, I will come and remove your candlestick out of his place. In other words, I'll just, he, God knows how to remove. The first time I saw this was in 2009. Joshua was in that church, the same, this same church. Joshua was in that church, way in Kolebu. That was when I was taking a major decision. And I didn't know why I had to take that decision. And God showed me this scripture that I am the one who removes candlestick out of his place. I am telling you, go and this, 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 this. What was the word he used? He said, go and this, not dismantle. The word disband. I was praying, he said, disband the church. And I said, God, why? I wanted a proof from scripture that I heard from God. Then he showed me the scripture that I am the one who removes the candlestick out of his place. This bandage. So that day, I went and preached powerfully. Very powerfully. 
And after that, I give the announcement. Come and see cry. Tears. Are you there? If God is going to do it, he will do it through the same angel. You didn't hear that? He will do it through the same. The angel of the church is the one he will instruct. Because he instructed the angel to start and he will tell you, this band. Thank God those are recommended a church to are pastors in that church now. Doing very well. But I'm just pointing out to, the, to you that God does it. He removes the candlestick out of his place if you do not repent. Because he knows that if he leaves you like that, chances are that you will labor, labor, labor. You will even go off course and you will not know that you are off course and you may even lose your salvation. So you will prefer putting those members under a shepherd who will nurture them first in the first works before the second works. God doesn't take the second place. Never forget that. He's a jealous God. His name is Jealous. So if you give him the second place, he says, I won't take it. It's as simple as that. You have no idea. You think you are jealous. God is a jealous God. When you have become, you know, uh, a man or a woman on fire and you are doing the work of God and you have left your first love, it may look in the sight of men that you are doing well, but in the sight of God, God says, mm, repent and come back to your first love. How do you leave the place of communion and just become a servant, a good steward, doing very well and yet you have disconnected from God as far as one-on-one relationship with God is concerned. That's what God is addressing us this morning about. He says, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly. Not even, it was quick. In our case, nobody even expected it. It was a quick one. Nobody anticipated it. I never told anybody. It was only my wife I mentioned to that this is what the Lord had told me to do. And I never told anybody. It was quickly. Yo. And remove your lampstand from its place. Unless you repent. But this you have. That you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Which I also hate. One day we'll talk about the deeds of the Nicolaitans. They were some evil people. And that's to tell you that this church was a holy church. They, they could not tolerate those who were evil. They also hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Then verse 7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Not just to the church of Ephesus, but to the churches. He only used the church of Ephesus as a prototype. But it is to the churches, including IPR ministries. To him who overcomes, I will give to it from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Somebody say amen. I will show you another scripture, but let me just say this. People, as a church, we have come a long way. This is our third year. By September will be three years. Long before we even entered 2019, it was in 2018 when we spoke about the year of the prophetic. First January 2018. Or even before the first January was when God told me about 2019, which was the year of what? Year of revival. Am I right? And then he also spoke about 2020. So it was two years ago that the Lord spoke to me and said, this is the year of great awakening. And mind you, he's told us about 2021 that it is the year of our glorious emergence. Are you there? So bear in mind, 
I like it when God goes ahead and, and tells us what he would do. But mind you, he can intercept and interrupt anything that he has said by his coming. When Jesus comes, anything that you have been prophesied that you will do, when he takes you away, you will do it better in a greater way, in a glorified body. So don't say that, oh, God told me that I'll become a billionaire. Until I become a billionaire, Jesus will not come. He will come and make you not just a billionaire, but somebody, a ruler with him in the universe. Glory be to God. But here is my message this morning. As a church, getting towards three years, I never knew when the Lord said, this is the year of great awakening, one day he would tell me to share this message. That see, all those who have bought into the vision and are on mission to prepare a people ready for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, can be so meticulous and persevering and patient about their work that all they do is just concerned about stewardship, which is good, but God calls it the second works. Where you are laboring, patiently enduring, persevering, you are first to be in church, the last to go, you are in the closet interceding even for the brethren. Fasting and praying, giving to the poor, the needy, helping. And all these things are good, mind you. But God says, don't let that one substitute or, or don't let your first words be substituted with a second word. Or else, he says, you will not accept the second word if you don't do the first words first. Someone say, first things first. That's what God is talking about. First things first. He is not against our second love, which is stewardship, which our pastor spoke about. When God knocks at our heart, the third knock is for stewardship. God is not against stewardship. He's not against service. He's not against persevering in the things of God, laboring patiently. But he's saying that upon all that, I will still not be pleased with you if you leave the first works, which is our first love. And we have established that our first love is for communion with God. Listen, don't let your one-on-one -on -one with God be traded for or by anything. Are you there? Your one-on-one -on -one with God. All God is telling us is that get back to that one-on-one -on -one with God. Get back. Maybe you might not have had that, but at least those who have stayed in the Lord in, in true work with God know that once upon a time there was a time of communion and fellowship with God so intimately that nothing, nothing else mattered. It's not about trying to win the whole world. It's not about trying to do crusades. All those things are good but there is a place called one-on-one -on -one with God. Like the Greeks call it koinonia. It's a sharing together with God. It's a fellowship with God. It's a oneness with God. It's something that cannot be explained. It can only be experienced. And God says, get back to that. Don't get up and all you are thinking about is, um, I need to save this soul. I need to do this work. I need to, they are all good. That is you being accountable as a steward and a very good steward for that matter. But God says, if all that is done and you still leave your first love, it is nothing. I will come and even remove your, your lampstand out of this place quickly. 
God knows how to stir the waters. I'm telling you. You think that it's all the time God, um, the devil who stirs the waters, God knows how to shake. He can shake a whole congregation for a reason so that the souls in that congregation will not perish. He can shake it. That's God for you. That's his body. He didn't he say, I will build my church. When you are building, okay, those who are into construction and the building is getting out of shape. Are there not times where you, you as the builder, you can break some things you are. and restructure some things and strengthen the foundation mm. so you can go higher? Jesus. So the one who says, I will build my church, you think you will just build, build, build and then see the thing going out of shape and look on unconcerned, you will come and stir the water. Jesus. Because he bought every one of us with a price. Did you hear that? He bought what? Every one of us with a price, with his precious blood. So he cares about, about every one of us. So if, for instance, the angel of the church is messing up or any member for that matter is messing up and it is taking the vision and the mission out of place, he can come in and stir the waters. Remove the candlestick out of his place. Carabaros. It is time for us to return to our first love. That's all. Someone say, it's time for me to return for me to return to my first love to my first love let's do the first things first mm. back to fellowship back to oneness with god don't just get up and rush into the world because you have to make money don't just get up and just go about the work of the ministry because somebody must be helped it's okay to help. It's okay to persevere. It's okay to be patient in doing the work of God. But first things must be done. First. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me show you a scripture in Luke 10 and I can end this message. I, I, I didn't want to talk much. I just wanted to read a scripture so that you know that God is serious with us. Because he says that he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Is this not a church? Or it is a club? I'm asking, is it a club? It's a church. So the message is to us. Luke chapter 10. On two occasions, when I spoke about the Father's love and about responding to the Father's love, I made reference to this particular verse, this of scripture I'm going to read about Martha and Mary. But today I want us to read it. So you see the picture of what first love really is. Luke 10, 38 to 42. And I read from the New King James Version of the Bible. Now it happened as they went that he, that is Jesus, entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Please did you see that? It was Martha who welcomed Jesus. Oh, what a lovely woman Martha would have been. I mean, she was, she was, I'm sure she was a sanguine. She was a lovable person. She was all over the place. She, when is master coming? How beautiful that is. Verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Are you getting the picture? Martha welcomes Jesus into the house. I'm sure Jesus is sitting in a very beautiful place. Then, as if... I don't know what came over Martha. You see, please, 
about the savior and many of us are pleased about the savior but we abandon the savior and then we want to do something that will you know we want to serve him we are going all over the place but for some strange reason though Martha was the one who welcomed Jesus in she left Jesus and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus hearing his word are you seeing the two the, the, the picture there's a difference between the two and that's just a picture of what the first love is. What Martha was doing, which we'll read very soon, was what we, we will call the second love or the second things. The works. The stewardship. Which is good. Okay. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. It's a serious statement. Did God condemn service here? No. But he's saying that if all that you care about is serving without sitting at the feet of Jesus, without that intimacy with him, without that fellowship with him, without refueling in his presence, then the service you are doing can distract you. So don't say that, oh, I remember Moses told me something. The first time I preached on the first love and I cited this example, he said he was outside working because we had a challenge. And then after church, he told me that when he heard me saying that, he got initially discouraged that, oh, is, are we saying that we shouldn't serve? He felt some way that the way the message was going, it's as if to say, then we shouldn't serve. But he went back and listened to the message and he got that, oh, I wasn't condemning service. Rather, I was saying that we should do the first things first. So please don't get me wrong by saying that the man says that now when we come, we should fold our hands. No more service. No, 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 no. In fact, if you truly love Jesus, it will propel you to serve without looking for attention. Some of us serve, but we serve because we want men to see that we are serving. But true love, true communion with the Father will make you serve without anybody knowing. Because you do it in secret and he rewards you openly. Hallelujah. Okay. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him, that is Jesus, and said, look at her. When she approached Jesus, it was not for communion. It was a complaint. Some of us come to Jesus and all we do is complain. She approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care? Come on. You're talking about Jesus and he said she does, he doesn't care. He said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. She's even now directing Jesus how he should relate. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You see, when your name is mentioned twice, it means that it may cast so much draw. You know, sometimes somebody wants to warn you, say that, Boatin, Boatin. How many times did I call you? Two times. It means that be, be, be careful. Martha, Martha. It's a, it was a warning. <laughs> He could have said, matter, but he said, matter, matter. Hmm. You are worried and troubled about many things. Like many of us here, including myself. Worried and troubled about many things. Verse 42 is the, is the hammer. He says, but one thing, oh, 
is needed. The King James says one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. There are many parts. The first part, the second part. Mary has chosen that good part, the first one, and Jesus said, which will not be taken away from her. Hallelujah. In other words, when we establish true communion with God, nobody can take your place. Hallelujah. Why? Because communion is the first place, is the first love. So once you take that place, everything will fall in place. Everything. Don't say that I've been laboring, but I'm not seeing results. Don't talk like that. You're complaining to Jesus. Don't say that I've been serving God. So this God is hearing my prayer. You know, because I don't even, I can't feel God. Get back to your first love. Hallelujah. Instead of complaining, commune with him. But if you get to him and start complaining, you are martyr. We will name you martyr. We'll give you a surname, martyr. Even if you're a man, yes, sir. Martyr. Who should I use as an example here? Edmund Mata. <laughs> Forgive me, eh? <laughs> All right. That's just a way, by the way. So please, that's my message. Let's get back to our first love. Hallelujah. That's all. Will we do that? So that God will not come and remove his candlestick. Or he said your candlestick. In other words, now he's talking to the angel of the church. So this is your candlestick. I'll remove that from his place. So he will not come and remove my candlestick out of his place. Stand to your feet. I don't know what your response will be to this message. I know what God is telling me in my heart, but I don't know what God is telling your heart. The question is, how do we even balance the two? Because if you don't take care, you just stay in the closet. But you see, the closet is not a physical closet. Take note. The closet is where, who can tell me? Your heart. So, in the midst of the service, keep communion with the Father. It should be a continuous... If you are going to wait till you go on some mountain somewhere, and I'm not against going on a mountain, please. Or you have to go to some, you know, a place of seclusion before you know that you have communion with God, you are missing the point. Because Jesus told the woman from Samaria, thank you, sir, that a day will come that you will neither worship God on this mountain nor in Jerusalem because they that worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth, in reality. So in our time, we are the tabernacle of God. The tabernacle used to be in Jerusalem, in the temple. Okay? But here, God now tabernacles himself in us. So we are carriers of God. Everywhere can be a place of communion. Don't wait till, if you are even driving, you are in your office, you are in your neighborhood. When they are provoking in the neighborhood, that is when you are loving God. Don't also make noise to now distract somebody. You know, some people are in Tokapefo. You know, in Tokapefo, they like fight. That is getting distracted. You are not representing Jesus. So I don't know what you want to tell God, but He says, get back to your first love. Have you loved God even before? That's the question. 
Maybe I should have asked whether there's anybody here who has never loved God before. Maybe you don't even know Jesus. If that is the case, then you have not responded to the first knock. The knock at the heart of the sinner for salvation. Anybody like that? Let me find out before we pray. Maybe you have not responded to the first knock last Sunday's message. You are not saved yet. You are not born again. So you cannot even talk about first love. I thought you were coming, David. <laughs> all right. If that is the case, then we are all saints. Say, I'm a saint. Say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. There's a song. Maybe one day we will learn it. It says, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your what a song. Can we say to the Lord, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. And I lift my voice to worship you. To worship you. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Rejoice. Take joy, my king. Take joy, my king. In what you hear. In what you hear. May it be a sweet song. May it be a sweet, sweet song. In your ear. One more time. Let's say, I love you, Lord. Say it. I love and you can lift your hands to him and tell him and I lift my voice and I lift my voice to worship you Lord to worship you oh my soul rejoice take joy my king my King, in what you hear this morning, in what you hear, may it be a sweet sound in your ears, may it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. One more time, let's say, I love you, morning I worship you Lord and I lift my voice I worship you Lord to what I worship you I worship you oh my soul tell your soul to rejoice in the Lord always rejoice take joy my king 
say it. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let's take it from Take Joy, my king. Call him your king. Take Joy. Take Joy, my king. A sweet sound in your ears. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Have you had a lover before? You know, when you hear the voice of your lover, how it sounds so sweet in your ears. But when somebody is irritating, even his or her sweetness will just irritate your spirit. What we are saying is that, Lord, let what I do be pleasant to you. Let it not be that I am serving and serving as a steward for stewardship's sake. But let me come back to my first love. Hallelujah. Lift your voice in your own words. The same song, if you can learn it, but tell him, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to you to worship you. I love you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Tell your soul to rejoice in him. He's a good God. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's a good God. He's never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. And he will not fail you. He's a faithful God. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. He says, Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. What a faithful God he is. Said that when we even become unfaithful, he ever remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. This is the love of the Father. No wonder John exclaimed and said, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we, we should be called the sons of God. God in human body. What have we done? Nothing. But he qualified us with his blood and by his blood. Tell him I love you Lord. Tell him I love you Lord. Learn to get back to the closet. When you get up it's not about what you eat nor drink. He said don't care about these things. Because you see the lily. You see the bears of the air. I clothe them. I do all these things. Jesus. Doesn't God care more about you than the birds of the air and the lily of the valley? He cares about us. First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Never say, like Martha, don't you care that Mary has left me alone? That I'm saving alone? Don't use your service now to bribe God. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. So it's not your service that will make him love you more. He loved us anyway. He loved us anyway. So learn to say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Le Malan disease. I see a revival that will take place in the middle of this year. June, specifically. Jesus. It is an ongoing revival until it becomes a revolution. The fact that last year was a year of revival doesn't mean there will, no, will be no more revival. The revival is ongoing. And I see something happening by June. Our lives will never be the same again. Church, get ready for an influx of souls. 
but don't let the surface of souls take away your first love. Amen. Love the Lord. Learn to cherish him in your heart. Learn to tell him I love you. I bless you from the depths of my heart. You can sing a new song to the Lord. You can create your own song. Bless him from the depths of your heart. Lord, I love you. Worship you with the beauty of your holiness. You are worthy, O Lord. I love you, my Father. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Manderi masi pranderi aramarandoros. Ivaramaralelelias. Cast all your care upon Him. He cares about you. Who told you that God doesn't care? He cares about you. Such that even the number, the, the hairs on your head, they are numbered. He knows number one. He knows number three. He knows number three hundred and thirty-four. He knows the number. Everyone strand of your hair has a number. That's God for you. If every strand falls, he knows who can fail. He cares about you. Don't say God doesn't care any longer. Don't say I am going to pass light. Don't go back to the world. Get back to your first love. Don't go back to your vomit. Don't go back to your old way. Shall we continue to sing so that grace will abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who say we are born again, continue to live in sin? For we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. We can no longer continue to live in sin. We're coming back to our first love. Yes, Lord. I can hear this song. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I have made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you.
ความผิด